0: Welcome to an American Breakthrough, a podcast from the United States Conference of Mayors. I'm your host, Greg Fisher, Mayor of Louisville, Kentucky, and President of the United States Conference of Mayors. COVID 19 continues to be a major focus for mayors everywhere, especially with cases rising dramatically across the country. While the virus continues to devastate communities throughout America, there's great news on the horizon with one vaccine close to receiving emergency. Authorization by the Food and Drug Administration of this recording here on December the 11th, and another likely ready in the coming weeks. And just two days ago on December 9th, along with our partner Bloomberg Philanthropies, the Conference of Mayors announced a new program that will support mayors across the country as they take on the immense challenge of increasing understanding of and access to the COVID 19 vaccines for their residents. This program will help mayors engage with their residents, provide cities critical guidance on vaccine administration, give mayors updates on vaccine development and distribution, provide opportunities for cities to collaborate and learn from each other, and give mayors access to experts from academia, public health, and the private sector. This will be an incredibly valuable resource for American cities. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the state of the pandemic, what vaccine distribution might look like and how Americans can keep themselves safe during this upcoming holiday season. The U.S. Conference of Mayors earlier this month held a meeting with President-elect Biden's choice for U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, where we talked about all these important issues, so we'll be discussing that meeting and what we all learned from Dr. Murthy. Joining me on today's episode is Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff and El Paso Mayor D. Margo. Both of these mayors served on our American Breakthrough Working Group on COVID-19 Response and Health Equity. Mayors, thank you for joining us. So let's start off by talking a bit about the state of the virus in your cities, what you're seeing in terms of the virus's spread and how are your cities and residents responding? Mayor Marco, we'll start with you.
1: Well, we've had a uh, significant spike has been noted in uh, in the national media for about the last six, almost seven weeks, and all of a sudden it just spiked beyond comparison. Um, Lately, in the last two weeks, we seem to maybe have dodged we were prayerfully hopeful a spike out of thanksgiving our numbers have dropped significantly we were well over a thousand positives every day for uh, several weeks and now we're well below that yesterday or i should say today 12, december the 11th we are uh, showing two, 348 new cases but we're still having significant uh, spikes in our death rate we're uh, We've had over 1,159 deaths reported thus far in El Paso, and that's up 39 over yesterday, or the, the December the 10th. Our problem is that we are 85% Hispanic. We're a highly vulnerable population. We have a high levels of hypertension, diabetes, and obesity, and as a result, we're 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 there on the front lines and and the problems. The state and FEMA and HHS had to bring in tents for our hospitals for overflow. We've had to uh, set up an alternate care site, which is, for all intents and purposes, a field hospital at our convention center. It's set up for up to 100 beds. Right now, we have about 50, and we've had to AirVac Medivac about 90 patients from our hospitals to create space uh, thus far. But the uh, the trends so far seem to be going down. We're now down to um, COVID hospitalizations are we have a 20 percent of our hospitalization capacity available. Our hospital systems, both private systems and our, our county system, have gone come together to create literally almost 600 beds to deal with this uh, that we didn't have before, not counting the uh, field hospital and other overflow areas. Our um, we have about 17% of our ICU available, which before we, we were at 90 plus percent of our hospital space as well as as our ICU. So we're starting to see a trend down. Yesterday, the statistics were that uh, we had the lowest hospitalization since October the 10th. And that is a remarkable change from where we've been and spiking through this. So the big issue was for us was uh, as we think in our contact tracing uh, data analysis it was primarily groups and family members shopping it wasn't coming from business spreads or others Uh, and we're prepared for we've taken some of our cares act funding purchased four new buildings to go with the three we have for our public health for clinics for for um, uh, vaccine distribution in the areas that have the highest uninsured areas in el paso in our region and uh, we're preparing for and have worked with the governor on it. We've got infusion technology. FEMA, the state of Texas, we have right now somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,400 medical professionals, nurses, doctors, respiratory therapists, technicians, who have been brought in to support our existing um, uh, support uh, that's been provided by the state and by FEMA and, and HHS. So we've received everything we need from, from a standpoint of resources, PPE, personnel, et cetera. And we're just biding our time until we can get control of this, this spike that, that we're not sure how it arrived so quickly and expanded so quickly.
0: Thank you, mayor Margo. And just remind us what the population of El Paso is and then your Metro area.
1: Well, the the county's 850,000 and the region's 2.7 million when you count Juarez in Southern New Mexico, which is where we are. And so, uh, and that's what's driving most of this, right? And we're 85% Hispanic, so I say.
0: Yeah, well, you've been fighting quite the battle there and the mayors across America have admired your tenacity. So thank you for your constancy of purpose. Let's head up north to Oakland, California and to Mayor Libby Schaff there. Uh, your governor's recently put out some orders and Mayor, uh, what's the status of COVID in your community here in mid-December?
2: Greg, we're in the worst of it. We have never seen such high rates since the beginning of this pandemic. Uh, My county is at almost 7% uh, in our seven-day rolling average. This is definitely the worst it's ever been. The governor ordered uh, mandatory shutdowns, and I mean, we are ordered to stay at home and to stay within our own household, not even just immediate family, and to limit all but the most essential trips and errands. Uh, So no dining, even outdoor dining, has been stopped right now in nearly all of California. Now, my county is not at the mandatory shutdown stage. The governor has set that as when your ICU, not your total hospital capacity, but your ICU capacity falls below 15%. Uh, I'm relieved that we are actually not at that point yet. But we are getting near and we are surrounded by other regions that are in the single digits, uh, you know, 8% ICU capacity. I mean, critical stages. And this <clears throat> is not just about beds. It's about the extremely well-trained personnel that come with ICU care that are necessary. So it is incredibly critical. California has never seen it this bad, even though we did a early shutdown. We were the very first region in the country to order a complete stay-at-home order. Uh, We are seeing a post kind of Halloween and Thanksgiving surge like none we've ever seen before. And of course, when our case rate goes up, our racial disparities go up. And like uh, Mayor Margo, uh, we do have a large Latinx uh, population in Oakland, and they are definitely seeing much higher infection rates. Uh, They are our essential workers. They tend to live in overcrowded housing conditions because our housing is so ridiculously expensive here in the Bay Area. And then, of course, we're seeing a higher death rate in our African-American population because of the legacy of... Uh, systemic racism, racial disparities with regard to all health outcomes, lots of risk factors that are causing tragic loss of life right now in Oakland and throughout California.
0: Let's talk about that a little bit here in Louisville uh, on our racial equity disproportionality. Interestingly, uh, we are not seeing a huge disproportionality. About 24 percent of our population is black in Louisville. That mirrors the death percentage as well. We're at about 550 fatalities with a population of about 775,000 as well. Uh, we've emphasized more testing capacity in our marginalized areas of the community, uh, also access to food, access to shelter, uh, done all of the basics there that we think is helping keeping this down as well although we're seeing the average age of mortality is 10 years younger in our black population than our white population. In our Latinx population, we're seeing a much higher percentage of infection uh, in the younger ages, but not so much in the mortality as well. So it's different for for all of us. Would you all like to discuss any specific issues you all are doing around health equity?
1: Right, Uh, let me go back to your percentages. I did some data, the CDC came out with a study this week that said 60, 85% of the deaths were occur, occurring over age 65. I did an analysis of ours and from 60 and above, that's 81%. 81% of our deaths are 60 and above. We also have noted that the uh, while we did a deep dive again on our contact tracing uh, in October, our November deep dive shifted where the policies were coming from. In, in October, it was the ages 20 to 39. And now we're looking at it as 30 to 50. And so we just think that's pr- predominantly a family gathering kind of exposure. And those are the big issues, but uh, uh, we so far, I think we're, we're, we're addressing, uh, the governor has told us that the, uh, the vaccine, we're prepared for the vaccine distribution. Uh, we're getting some experimental treatments initially because of our spikes and where we are in Texas As well, we've gotten some infusion um, support on the infusion therapies that we're doing. Uh, The uh, testing, we've got over 53 test sites. As I say, we've tested somewhere in the neighborhood of almost 700,000 thus far. that's not an issue, our testing has dropped. We were doing as many as 10,000 a day and it's dropped down to uh, a little less than 5,000 now. We were doing well over 50,000 a week and that seems to have dropped in the last uh, with thanksgiving the week before and after so we're trying to encourage the testing to continue um that has not been an issue as far as access uh, anybody can go we've got it set up the city they're free and and uh so and we put it we we've moved them around mobile test sites to uh, the areas with the highest uh, zip code uh, positives so that we can get properly tested but uh Otherwise, I you know I think we're just we're just trying to change behavior. Uh, I think I see people, I mean, the bottom line is, until everyone is vaccinated, you're gonna still have to wear your face coverings, you're still gonna have to maintain distancing, and you're still gonna have to wash your hands. And uh, and people are, I think, are finally starting to grasp that, and the behaviors are changing, which you'll have to, but the governor has told us that we will receive our distributions at the end of this month or the next week, that we will uh, inoculate the healthcare workers, the frontline workers first, and those in nursing homes, uh, the nursing homes and uh, the nursing home employees. And then we'll move on down. We have a certain tier level that I don't have before me to, to explain, but uh, uh, we're, we're preparing for what, what we're given.
0: Yeah, here in Louisville, uh, vaccines will be arriving very shortly as well. 66% of our fatalities have come from long-term care facilities. So we hope between inoculating healthcare workers so they can stay healthy, so they can provide uh, health care, and then cutting off the number one source of mortalities from our long-term care facilities will allow us to keep capacity open in our city. We've got about one-third, 40% ICU capacity right now, so we're in decent shape here in Louisville. Mayor Schaff, you were on a call last week uh, with incoming Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy that we had with our US Conference of Mayors. And Dr. Murthy uh, made it clear that the collaboration between Washington and city halls is really gonna be critical as we confront this challenging phase of the pandemic. So can you talk a little bit about what you learned during that meeting and how you hope to work with Washington during this next phase of the crisis?
2: Well, there was one clear lesson that came for me out of that um, very fascinating call with Dr. Vivek Murthy, who I respect so much and remember him fondly uh, during his last turn of duty as the Surgeon General. He said that one of the most important tools that we have right now with regard to the public health is not just doctors and vaccines, it is public trust. And particularly here in California, where we are asking our residents to sacrifice so much. We have so many of our businesses shut down. We're asking people to not spend Christmas with their own family members if they are not part of their immediate household. These these are horrible sacrifices. And Dr. Mercy was very clear that in order for government to be trusted when we ask people to make these sacrifices, because they've got to choose to do it. We don't have the capacity to enforce, <laughs> you know, by brute strength, these kinds of restrictions. Uh, and you wouldn't want us to if we did have that capacity. Um, but he said an important component of that is to offer people aid who are making the sacrifices. And I know I joined both of you in saying how absolutely angry I am with our Congress that they cannot get another aid package out. This is part of our moment of public health and response to this disease. The way that we can get people to make these sacrifices to keep the curve down and to address this recent surge is to actually give them a replacement for their income. And that is not coming from Washington, DC. And and then I I know that uh, cities across America are going through the tragic exercise that we're going through in Oakland right now. We're looking at a $62 million deficit in our current fiscal year because of the absolute cliff fall off on our revenues. And so at a time when our community needs us the most, We are literally contemplating reductions in public services. So um, I really hope that the Congress recognizes that this aid package is not just economic stimulus. It is health stimulus. That's what I got out of our conversation with our incoming Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy.
0: When I'd add to that, I was on the call that... The stimulus is required to keep our people housed. I mean, here in Louisville, we're talking about tens of thousands of people that could be evicted uh, at the beginning of next month if the eviction moratorium is not extended as well. So uh, we're talking about basics like shelter and food and healthcare. uh, And it just doesn't make any sense that we would fumble the ball uh, when we're this close to the goal line of a vaccine coming for us with all the help that's happened Uh, so far and as much pain as we've gone through. So I just hope that Washington will quit the dithering and get something done here in the next week or two so that we can get relief to the citizens of America. Uh,
2: Greg, maybe you can walk down the street and talk to your neighbor, Mr. McConnell, because uh, he seems to (laughs) be stalling this right now.
0: No question. He is a key figure in making all this happen. So I'm hoping this is just part of a negotiation that we can get to an end to very quickly. There's too many lives that are depending on this. Mayor Margot, uh, what sorts of things can the federal government do to help you all during this lame duck period as we transition to the Biden administration?
1: Well, I agree with Libby. We need some more stimulus. We need some more support. We're at a deficit as well. My biggest concern, and I had an appeal just sent to me recently, is our food bank. We're feeding 138,000 at our food bank. We've lost 15,300 employees in our small businesses since January, based on the numbers I had through September. We've got over 32,000 filed for unemployment, and businesses are closing. We're a community. We don't have a lot of corporate headquarters here. We're primarily medium and small-sized businesses, comprising our uh, uh, the bulk of our economy. and. Uh, it is significant that the, uh, the, uh, the the limitations that have been applied through this pandemic, we, we, we've had some shut down, we've had some limitations and uh, businesses are closing right and left because of that. Uh, plus the fact that we have a lot of uh, consumer shopping that comes north from Mexico and the bridges are restricted, the travel on the bridges is restricted to only um, citizens or those with would considered essential that have uh, um, the green cards and the legal documentation to go back and forth. So there's been a significant limitation on uh, consumer spending that would normally be here coming north from Juarez, Mexico. And so we're, we're just kind of struggling economically. We've had the same issues on rent support. We've had uh, we've been shifting our CARES Act funding around. We will have all of our spent by December, actually in the next week, or t- we, we set a deadline of December the 15th to make sure that we would have it all spent, and we have, but we've had, we've allocated more to food security because of the concerns there, and uh, that's really one of the biggest issues we've got right now is, is the number of people being fed by our food banks and uh, the issues uh, 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 that are related to uh, the unemployment side.
0: Mayor Schaaf, we've got the uh, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year all coming up Can you talk a little bit about the steps you and your public health teams are recommending for people to keep themselves and their families safe here during this holiday season?
2: It's very simple and very difficult, which is stay home, stay home with your immediate family. Uh, My parents live with just within miles of me. I am not going to spend Christmas with them. Uh, My husband has spent every single Christmas of his entire life, and I call it my prenup with my mother-in-law. We go to Scranton, Pennsylvania every year for Christmas. We are staying home. And that is something that we as elected officials have to do, which is model the best behavior. Uh, not just follow the letter of the law, but even the spirit and the recommendations. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to tweet my my holiday COVID table, which is, you know, me, my husband, and our two teenagers uh, with, you know, of course, my husband's home office at the end of the dining room table. <laughs> Um, It is so hard, but we are so close to that finish line. I really believe that this is our last kind of sprint towards uh, this this future that we can see with the vaccine actually arriving in Alameda County. We're getting it next week to start administering us, administering it to our heroic, heroic first responders, and frontline healthcare care workers. Um, but, but that is a very simple direction. Stay home just with your immediate household.
0: No, we know what to do. It's just that it seems so unusual and abnormal, but these are unusual and abnormal times. And for us to get to the other side, we've got to have everybody display their focus on understanding that so that for those we love, we can be with them a year from now. Uh, these are life and death decisions that people are making.
2: And there's, so, you know, FaceTime and Zoom. I think we're all getting good at that. Even, even my elderly parents are figuring out how to do it. So
0: yeah, Now we talk about COVID fatigue, but there's also Zoom fatigue these days. So, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we will get through this. We know that and at least now we have a vaccine that's in sight as we get through all of these very difficult times we've had. So let's, let's close on an upside here. And I like to ask all of our guests this question to close each episode. And it's like, America's been through a really difficult time here in 2020. Uh, Our citizens have really been walloped in so many different ways, whether it's the pandemic, the economy, uh, racial justice disruption, uh, gun violence is increasing around the countries. All of this boils to a head, but yet still there's some amazing stories of hope that are taking place during all this. So mayors are at the kind of, at the Focal point of all this activity. So, uh, Mayor Margot, with all you've been through, what gives you hope during these times?
1: Well, you know, it's it's kind of I. When people have asked me about uh, crisis management, given what we've gone through, the three I've gone through in this one, and I say, well, you know, I'm not sure I know crisis management. I know crisis survival. Uh, but the but the people ask about our community and our resilience, and that's kind of an overworked term. But uh, I just think our region—we've been here for well over 350 years, Greg. We're uh, we, we've uh, we we're, we were here a hundred. Our region was here a hundred years before the United States was ever even founded, and uh, so we've seen wars and revolutions, and we've survived. And and I think that's the generosity of spirit that that our community has, our culture. That's what makes us unique and different, and uh, just. I see that all the time. I'm a part of a, a charity that I've had since 1993 that's called Operation Noel, that does coats for kids from, a from we do 20,000 coats for children at Christmas from a toddler to about age 12. We never had the funds for it. We, we uh, have to raise them during the year. And I've never not raised enough dollars from the El Paso region, Southern New Mexico region for these coats for kids. The generosity of spirit is phenomenal and so we'll we'll survive but the problem we've got is we're so close as families and abrazos are normal to us that's the hugging and the, and the things and and that's the hard part for our communities culturally we're we're multi-generation families and getting together and as mayor Schaff talked about that's the problem people want to get together and and hug and and, and be close and that's important but we, we just can't do it right now but i'm hopeful i'm hopeful we're we're going to get through this and we'll uh as we always do, and as I read yesterday, it's not its not a new norm or whatever, it's a transformation. And I think that's what we're going through is a true transformation.
0: Well, El Paso has been blessed to have you as a strong mayor, uh, really facing and leaning into all these crises. So Mayor Margo, we appreciate you for your, your service and your good heart. Thank you, Greg. Mayor Schaaf, what's what's giving you hope these days?
2: There is a lot that gives me hope like Mayor Margot, the generosity of spirit in this community. One quick story, at the beginning of the pandemic, we did something called the Great Oakland Check-In and we put a call out for volunteers to just do wellness checks. We had nearly 600 people in in like days sign up to call, particularly into parts of our city with a lot of low-income seniors. And they made 20,000 contacts uh, and, and uh, referred more than 1,000 seniors to services they did not know about. And my favorite story was Jenny and Jack. Um, the first call that Jenny made that actually got picked up was by a man named Jack. who was in his mid-80s, completely blind, living by himself. And she asked him uh whether or not he was getting enough to eat. And he admitted that for weeks he had eaten nothing but peanut butter sandwiches. So not only did she get him connected with a meal delivery service, PPE, you know, all sorts of help to, to make his life so much better, but they forged a friendship and they talk every week. Uh she calls him her adoptive grandfather. So um, we literally have this new family relationship that came out of a wonderful volunteer effort. And Greg, if I can add, the other thing that gives me hope is my city workers, our our public servants, um, I call them fantastocrats. This moment has really brought out an entrepreneurial spirit within the public sector. Whether it's uh, in Oakland, our rollout of uh, miles of slow streets to to close neighborhood roads off to through traffic so that people have an outdoor safe and socially distant space to go out to walk and bike and and clear your head, which you really need during this pandemic. Um, Or the way that literally in 24 hours, they created a special online permitting system so that restaurants and retail could operate outdoors in what used to be parking spaces or parking lots or the sidewalk. I mean, our public servants have risen to this challenge in such an inspirational way. And so those two things give me tremendous
0: hope. Fantastic, and I think we're blessed to work with a lot of folks here that have signed up to work in city governments because they wanna help folks and they're not complaining about it. They're just saying, this is our time to do that and we're gonna get through it. And it is tough and it is a slog, but that's what we have to do right now. And I think the motivating factor for so many, and this came out with Dr. Vivek Murthy when he spoke to us last week, he said, the most powerful medicine of all out there is love and caring and kindness and compassion that people have toward each other. And while we go through these tough times, whether it's family or people we don't even know, never underestimate what that reach out and that act of kindness can do to somebody to just get them through the day. And right now, many folks are at that level. So let's think about all the medicine that we can administer as personal physicians of compassion and kindness as we work through this very difficult time. So thank you all so much for joining us here today. Mayor Margo of El Paso, Mayor Schaff of Oakland, Uh, We will get through this together. The vaccine is in sight right now, so let's get through this difficult period so we can get to the vaccines and get to this transformation that we talked about here today. So for our listeners, thank you for tuning in and be sure to stay tuned for the next episode of An American Breakthrough. And In the meantime, happy holidays to all of our listeners.